This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Tuesday morning. This is Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. And we're at episode 2601. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. Houston, we have a problem. Ability equals skill plus knowledge. Feeling about this. Here's a safety tip for you from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Missed it by that much. How can I change this to make it better the next time? How do I get Time for Training Tuesday on Horses in the Morning with the Certified Horsemanship Association. Welcome back, Christy. Third Tuesday of every month, Christy Landwehr stops by, and we chit-chat about all sorts of great things, not just training horses, but training humans, which is what makes CHA's episode each month a little bit different. We talk a little bit less about uh, teaching a horse a left lead and a lot more about teaching the human to teach the horse to do the left lead. That is correct. Yay. And uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to chat a little bit about... Uh, draw it out veterinary strength liniment. That sounds like a good thing to have around your barn. And then, of course, Julie Goodnight stops by a few times a year, and she's stopping by today to talk about New Year's resolutions, as is Rochelle Pack. And she is an attorney, so she's got a slightly different take on New Year's resolutions for horse people. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, we need to catch up with what you've been up to since last we talked, because you are a globetrotter. What have you been doing? Well, I'll tell you, I finally got to get on an airplane and we <laughs> did go to Fort Worth, Texas. And I had to check out the National Finals Rodeo because I've seen it in Vegas. And my husband and I are like, oh, we got to go check it out in Fort Worth. So we did. We went there and we checked it out for a couple of reasons. First of all, just to know how to get back with events because CHA does, of course, a big international conference, as most of you know about. We do regional events. Of course, we do all of our certifications. So how do we get back to those and how do we do it safely for everybody? So it was a recon mission. And then also, because I think we're not official yet, but I think the plan is this fall to have our in-person, if we're able to do so, conference in Fort Worth. So we had a lot to kind of check out, and it was a great event. Texas did a super job with that event. So Fort Worth, Texas, awesome place to go visit, horse person or not. So there's a lot going for that location in that if you want to go and attend the in-person CHA International Conference, which you can do whether you're a CHA member or not, doesn't matter, it's open to the public, um, that you can drag the whole family along and kind of make a little vacation of it if you like. You can. So the stockyards is cool. And it's um, very, it's like you walked into an old Western town and Christian Jaworski is our vice president. So she'll be 
the president um, of Certified Horsemanship in a couple of years, and she runs the herd there, the herd of longhorn cattle that go down the street every morning and every afternoon, 365 days a year, with drovers that drive them that are all dressed in traditional costume. And it is amazing to just watch these ginormous longhorns. And if you don't understand what a longhorn is, their (laughs) horns, I mean, there is a span on there the size of a car. I mean, their width is amazing. They can turn their head and just take the crowd out. And these drovers (laughs) have to make sure that doesn't happen. It's it's a little NASCAR. Even though it's done at the walk and everything's chill, it's still, you have a NASCAR moment every now and then. So it's really um, just a really exciting place. There's an antique row. The American Paint Horse Association is located there. You can go in and see their museum. There's all kinds of shops along the way. I mean, it's just a cool place to go. Nito Kane. Well, we will stay tuned for further developments on when and where the Certified Horsemanship Association International Conference is going to be. Yes. Very excited. And then in the meantime, there's some virtual ones coming up. So United States Pony Club is having theirs virtually this year. It was going to be in St. Louis, so hopefully in the future. I really want to go up the arch one day, but they're going to have theirs virtual. So excited to be a part of that. That's in February. Just get on their website and you can see the details. And then the other one is American Camp Association, also in February. They were going to be in New Orleans, but they're going to be virtual. And that has some great things for people. Um, And you can a la carte it and just see a day at a time. You can do the whole thing. You can do a session at a time. They've really made it easy for people. So hop on there and check that out too. There you go. Tons of stuff going on. And uh, I think it's time for us to get a hold of our guest. And then after after we chat with John about Draw It Out Veterinary Strength Liniment, I'm sure we'll be able to fit in what's going on Christy's life because um, you've not only been traveling for work, but um, Sounds like things are getting back to work and back to school at home, too, and I want to hear about how that went. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we could do that a little later. No problem. Cool. We are so excited to have as the sponsor for today's Certified Horsemanship Association Training Tuesday show, John Coughlin. He is the creator and founder of Draw It Out Liniment. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys today? Doing well. So where are you located? What city and state are you sitting in today? Well, the company's out of Logan, Utah, but I'm sitting at uh, one of our facilities to work on uh, finishing up some of our production on some of our newer products. So I'm down in I'm down in Albuquerque, New Mexico today. Very nice. I like it down there. It's pretty. It's it's a special part of the world. That's for sure. I get down here as often as I can. It's uh, I don't know. It's just something special about the Sandias and everything. Just really great place to be. Well, I heard that you just came back from the Western and English Sales Association show. And that show, this is an interesting year because it was in Texas for the first time. I live in Denver and it's always been in Denver, like for a long time. And this is the year that they moved it. So I didn't get to go and I would love to hear how did it all work out? Where exactly was it located and how did they make it all happen? Sure. So we were, you know, I was a little bit nervous. Anytime you go to a new facility, you get a little, you get a little something in the pit of your stomach that says, man, I wonder what kind of show this was. But the city of Dallas really did a great job. Uh, We were down there in the World Trade Center just off Simmons Freeway. Uh, So it's a massive 14, 15 story building. And they had WESA cut between the 11th and the 14th floor. We were on the 11th floor and I was just shocked. We had gone to WESA there in Denver for a long, long time. And it was almost as if the city, the Dow, you know, they figured out everything that was 
going it maybe not so great in Denver and ironed out all the kinks. We were up on the 11th floor, uh, but we were able to set up and tear down very, very quickly, even faster than we ever were in Denver. And the, the way they drew people in was phenomenal. They just kept everything moving really, really smooth. Uh, everything went great. And really for, uh, an, uh, whatever, uh, excuse me, a, a change of venue and in the middle of a pandemic, uh, we've never had a better WISA, so it was really encouraging for what's coming uh, for the rest of the year. Okay, that is great. And can you explain for those listeners that might not know what that is, exactly um, who's there and what kind of vendors go and how it all works? Sure. So um, this is my understanding of it, so I may be a little goofy on it, but uh, it's all of the manufacturing uh, brands and, and companies that, that produce the products that, that you use every day, they go and set up and then all the buyers from different trade, uh, tax stores, Western stores, chain stores all over the country, they come down and they find the new products that they want to stock throughout the rest of the, through us, throughout the rest of the year. Everybody's kind of deb- debuting their new stuff or, or showing you stuff that they may not stock already before. Really pretty cool deal. Yes, I've always enjoyed it. I just go in as, you know, a person for the day just to kind of walk around and see everything, and it's been good. So I'll have to get down there to Dallas now that they've moved it one year. That would be great. So, John, what made you, as one of the manufacturers that was there at the show, um, what made you start Draw It Out Liniment? Tell us the backstory on that. Sure. So I spent uh, a long time. I grew up with horses. I should start there. My parents always had them. And uh, back in the early 80s, my mom started a little tax store that we'd run around to different trade shows and whatnot in. And that's kind of where I cut my teeth in the horse industry. So I've been around. I've never been much of a showman, but uh, at least I tried. So I found myself working in a tax store through my teenage years, through my 20s. Uh, and, you know, you learned all the products that you ever could. We carried just about everything you could imagine. And when you get to these trade shows, you would you know, help people make good decisions on what they needed for their horses. And you could get feedback and tell what they were enjoying, what they weren't, were, you know, what they didn't like, what they were using, what they wouldn't use and so on and so forth. And as we progressed, you realize that there, that one shelf of liniments, nobody was in love with anything. Everything had a downfall. Either it was too smelly or they didn't like that it would stain their horse or they were afraid to let the barn help use it because you can burn, you can really injure your horse as much as you can help your horse by using a liniment improperly. So after getting all that feedback, uh, we started looking at the marketplace and said, how could we build a better mousetrap? So we came, uh, we spent about two years developing the, the formulas and we finally got it right to where we had a product that um, was safe and effective and easy to use. We really wanted to create something that not only would work, but it was safe enough that uh, if your kids got a hold of the bottle or if you weren't maybe uh, supervising some barn help, it would still be able to be used without a whole lot of worry. You know, it's kind of funny. We've actually got a little bit of an inside joke that uh, I don't know if I should say, but it's, 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 I promise it's all in good fun. We, we, we set out to, to create a product that was safe enough even a team roper could use it. So, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's kind of where we I started. I like it now. Is it the header or yeah. the healer that can use it, though, John? I mean, let's really get yeah, into let's it. Get, let's drill down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, there's oh. no comment on that one. <laughs> 
that's great. So yeah, that's really where we started, and that's that's what led us into what we're doing now. Just trying to make sure that we help some help create something that was safe and effective. So for those that might not know, because, you know, liniment is not used by everyone, right? Um, and different people don't use it because maybe they just don't know. Could you explain to people what liniment's kind of purpose is, how it is used, what ingredients are in yours that make it safer so that you're, you're not worried about, um, you know, people putting it on improperly? Could we go a little bit deeper into that? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So liniment's really great. You can use it before, during, or after uh, training competition. It's just, it's a great way to help your horses feel their best. It, it helps remove any type of swelling or soreness you get uh, just from overexertion. You know, we have a lot of people in the Western pleasure industry that'll use it when they're at these week or two week long shows, when their horses are stalled up that may not be used to be installed. Uh, extended standing, you know, they'll get sore from that. So you can just rub those legs down, uh, back, shoulders, rear ends, wherever you feel like they're getting some soreness, this will go on and help. You know, liniment's really great for help dissipating soreness like that. Uh, we make it in two different varieties. We make it in a spray, a concentrated spray, which is great for spraying back, shoulders, rear ends down like that. Uh, you can just spray it on and let it dry. It dries with no oily or greasy residue, so you're not going to have to worry about your tack slipping. And if you are showing your horses, you're not going to get any kind of uh, film or residue on the hair coat. The gel version is really great for spot applications and legs. So if you're getting sore tendons or knees or, or anywhere in like that, you can just put it right in your hand, no rubber gloves required, rub your horse's legs down, and it really helps freshen them up. And like I say, you can do that before as a little bit of a preventative measure, and then you can do it again afterwards uh, to try to help keep them refresh overnight. The nice thing about our products is uh, it's a proprietary mineral blend based around an Epsom salts profile. So everything in there that's going to help with those problems is natural. Um, the other really great thing is our products are sensation free. Uh, so when you put them on, it's not going to heat, cool, or tingle. Those things are all in, if you ever reach for the icy hot, those are stuff uh, that's in products for our, our minds. It's almost like it's a psychological trick. Those products do work really, really well, but our human brains need to feel that tingle or smell that smell to know something's working. It just reminds us. It's, a, it's just like a little psychological reminder that says, hey, you know, you're feeling better. And the horses really don't need that. So we left all of that stuff out. We actually have just a clear odorless gel that you can put on or a spray. And it works really, really well. You know, they don't need that. And uh, part of the reason why we left that out, too, is that, no matter what other type of therapeutic products you're going to use, whether it be ice boots or ceramic boots that heat, you're never going to be counterintuitive with any of those other therapeutic products. And also, you're never going to build up enough heat uh, to burn or blister your horse by using our products in conjunction with those. Very good explanation. So, um, so John, what are some of your new products that you're going to have out on the market? Sure. So, you know, it's actually kind of funny that we're on the New Year's resolution uh, episode because we spent last year was, you know, it was crazy for everyone. So uh, once we started kind of seeing the writing on the wall with this uh, trade shows and being able to do kind of a lot of stuff that we normally would do in a normal year, uh, it wasn't necessarily a new year's resolution, but we made a resolution that we were going to get back in the lab and really try to hammer out some really great new products. Uh, so this year you're going to see just a whole bunch of really great stuff coming out. We created an Equibrace uh, towards the end of last year that's it's really going strong right now. Uh, the Master Mud will also have a few other variants of that coming out for some more sensitive skinned horses. 
We just launched a rapid relief cream, which is great for skin irritations, abrasions, uh, rain rot, uh, all kinds of really great uh, ingredients in there. We've also, at Wisa this last week, we launched a stall cleaner, which you'll see on the market in about 10 days. And then in the spring, we've got an all-natural fly repellent coming out, a hoof conditioner, um, and a whole bunch of really great stuff. So it's really really exciting times right now we've, we've really we've really hit a home run on some of these products i think anyways and uh, it's going to be fun to see how everybody likes it. all of our beta testers so far have have just had rave reviews especially on the stall cleaner uh, it's a really neat product it's got a bioenzymatic in it so it actually goes in and eats the proteins that cause a lot of the issues that you have Woo-hoo! when you're at the show facilities and whatnot yeah so it's a really really exciting thing <laughs> sounds like jen's going to be buying some <laughs> There you go. <laughs> awesome. A new customer sold. Oh, no, nothing oh. nothing cranks me more than using a something that's that's supposed to be cleaning a stall and all it does is make soap bubbles and make it smell like lavender. That's not clean. Right, there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Very good. So what is next for Draw It Out as a whole? It sounds like, oh my gosh, it's just moving along and you have so many exciting things coming up. That's right. Yeah, we're just going to continue to try to pay attention to what uh, our customers are telling us we've uh we've got some like i said earlier we've got some really good products we've actually redeveloped one of our one of our plus line of products that had uh, a cbd in it in years gone by but with the way the uscf and fei have uh, reacted to that we've decided to disband the cbd product and replace it with some other really really great natural products uh, or excuse me ingredients that will not only give you the same type of benefits as we were getting with the CBD um, formula, probably better now, uh, but will also be like our original formulas that are USCF and FEI compliant. So those should be launching pretty soon. And we've also got an offshot uh, of our products coming soon for um, grooming supplies. We've got a really great show conditioner, a detangler, um, really, really fun stuff coming up. So hopefully hopefully it's more of the same for us coming forward as new products and then just continuing to uh, try to make sure that we're listening to our customers and providing as best natural-based products as we can to the consumer. John, you are so smart to have um, a pulse on the equine industry. Like when you're mentioning what the rules are in the different organizations that, you know, you, your clients show their horses in and saying, oh, we better not do that anymore until they figure that out. We're going to do this instead. That's just, that's really smart. So well, thank over- you. That's, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just was going to say that, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we are without our customers. Uh, that's what we try to hang our hat on uh, with all of us. When we very first started, we just had a spray and uh, everybody needed a gel. So we went to the gel. So it's really, we're really blessed to have some champions out there that are helping us uh, really keep that pulse, keep our finger on the pulse and then listening to the feedback that a customer's providing year over year. It's really been a, a wonderful thing to have people engaged with our brand as they have been. And what I found out is just so neat. They, um, for those of you that are looking, it's D, capital D, and then lowercase I, and then a big O. And I like that you branded yourself like that because it sticks out a little bit and it's good. And then that way, draw it out isn't just liniment. It's going to be so much more. So can you tell your listeners how they find out more? What is your website, your social media? Where, where do they go to find you? Sure. So it's real easy. Our website is draw it out. Uh, USA.com 
or you can get to it by drawliniment.com. All of our social media, Facebook, Instagram is under Draw It Out USA. Uh, you can you can jump on there. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Very good. And I just want to end with a question. I kind of jumped around a little bit, but I think this is really probably one of the most important questions. John, why do you do what you do? Sure. So our, our focus, you know, we have a little internal focus, but we we care for horses. That's that's where we're at. You know, we do have a little bit of a dog line in our products, but uh, we understand the value uh, that horses can bring to life and how they can teach us so much as far as uh, responsible living and just caring for something else that's greater than yourself. So really what, what led us down the, the rabbit hole to, be, to start this company, like I said, is just, just to make sure that we can do the best that we can do to try to help care for horses out there and make your job being their hero just a little bit easier. John, I love that. And thank you so much for being on the show. I am excited. I'm going to get on um, and see about some of these products for my school horses because, you know, school horses work hard. And I know we talk a lot about competition horses and things like this, but boy, a good old school horse, like one of mine the other day had to work two hours. And he's like, wait a second, the quarter ran out at the Walmart horse. I'm only supposed to go an hour. And he kept going (laughs) to the gate, going to the gate. Thank goodness his second rider was strong enough to keep him off the gate. But, and so after he was done, you know, it's good to give them um, some liniment, a little bit of rub down, help him out a little bit. So I'm going to have to try out your stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Fascinating conversation, really. Yes, and I loved his deep voice. He has a good radio voice. (laughs) He does have a great radio voice. (laughs) Yes. I was thinking, there's a future co-host, right? right? Yeah, you can give him a go. Very interesting. And um, interesting point of view, interesting mission statement for for that group. Yeah. Yes, I love that. I love that they're really looking at, um, you know, the benefits to the horse and kind of the welfare of the horse is a big part of what he does. And I loved his background that he kind of grew up in tax stores. So he grew up seeing what was selling and what wasn't selling and where there was a need. He just didn't randomly throw his hat in the ring. You know, he really felt like there was a need and it seems to be working. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And speaking to mission statements, the mission statement of the CHA is changing lives through safe experiences with horses. So tell everybody... Um, where they can find out more about the horsemanship, the Certified Horsemanship Association, what kind of cool info y'all have. Yes, so it's just a CHA.horse, so no.com, no.org, .horse, which is pretty cool. And when you go there, um, go into the Education tab if you're new to our site, because under the Education tab, you're going to see our streaming video service, our free YouTube channel with all of our safety videos, Um Oh, our webinars, we have all kinds of articles on there, blogs, the free information just goes on and on. Some you do have to pay for, but overall it's basic horsemanship on the ground and in the saddle, everything for English, Western driving, vaulting, just a variety of topics. And it's good for everyone that has a horse. I mean, it really is. Um, There's just a lot of really solid information on there and that's what we do. We want to share it with you. So please check it out. Check it out. Well, there we go. And speaking of good information, it's time for us to get a hold of Julie Goodnight. We are so excited to have Julie Goodnight on next. She is horse trainer, clinician, social influencer, and TV producer. Um, Of course, you can find a lot more information about her at juliegoodnight.com. And she also, I always have to introduce her as a dear friend of mine, the one that certified me 
um, and the one that basically got me the job. If I didn't meet Julie through American Youth Horse Council, we sat on that board a long time ago when I worked for the Arabian Horse Association. I never would have even known about CHA. So love her from that perspective um, and just so glad that she's a part of CHA as our spokesperson. So hi, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great, and thank you for that warm welcome. And, yeah, we we go way back, don't we? Oh, boy, and every year it's way back a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not think about that. We're looking forward, (laughs) not back. That's right. That is correct. So how is everything in Salida today? Well, it's very white and cold and snowy outside, but we're we're still, you know, hovering on this drought situation, so nobody can complain about snow. Nobody complains about snow around here because it's uh, it's important to our lifeblood, you know. It's the, from skiing to whitewater rafting to irrigating hayfields. We depend on the snowfall, uh, not to mention um, the wildfires uh, containment. So, it's snowy and cold, but it's a good day to be inside by the fire and, um, yeah, and, and do some inside work. Well, and for those that don't know, Salida, Colorado is at the base of Monarch, um, which is a lovely mountain to go ski, and it's just a really great area. It's pretty far from me, though. It's the other side of the hill from us. What, what are you from Denver? About a four, three hour? What are you from us? It's, it's about two and a half, three hours. Today, yeah. it might be three and a half, four hours if you right. got there. But uh, <laughs> With the snow. yeah, we're way up in the mountains and we're at a higher altitude. So winters are long and cold and dark. I'm very grateful to have a toasty passive solar heated indoor arena, which keeps us um, riding all winter long, which is fabulous. So yeah, it's it's beautiful, and, um, you know, it is January, so we can't expect it to be summer outside, so we just take every day as it comes. Yesterday, actually, we were riding outdoors. Uh, the, the field had completely melted off, so we were, you know, trotting around the gra- uh, field, grass, dead grass, but, <laughs> and today, everything's white. Well, and Julie, you always have a new project. Can you tell us about the Clydesdales and how they all came into your life? For those of you that follow Julie, the, those images have been great. So can you tell us more about that? Sure. Well, as as many people know, you know, 20, 2020 was a devastating year in so many ways, and not the least of which here in Colorado was that we were just ravaged with wildfires in the fall, and um, including... Uh, two of the fires are now the largest two fires in our state's history, and they just consumed uh, massive amounts of um, forested land in northern Colorado. And they highly threatened the the ranch that is near and dear to my heart, where I do a lot of clinics, called the Sea Lazy U Ranch, up in Granby, Colorado. The, I do clinics there four times a year, and they have a herd of about 200 head of horses, more or less, uh, all riding horses that they uh, keep for year-round use in their um, guest ranch operations. The herd of 200, first of all, my clinic was canceled. I was supposed to be up there the very weekend the fires moved through. Um, Thankfully, the the ranch did not burn down. The, The fires went completely around the ranch, but they were able to save the ranch with some, some very strategic firefighting and 
flooding of fields and the like. And uh, but the head of two hundred, the herd of two hundred horses had to be evacuated not once but twice. Whoa! And yeah, they evacuated to the center of the valley, far from the forest edges, and thinking surely that was safe. And then um, things changed, and winds blew, and the horses had to be evacuated. Um, clear to the front range of Colorado, the Denver area. And um, so it's no easy feat to move 200 head of horses. These horses never travel. So the ranch had no trailers for 200 horses. So it was an incredible community effort. And uh, both moving, moving, evacuating the horses twice and then moving them back to the ranch. But in the process, because I'm up there so much i happen to know the ranch acquires new horses of course every year to keep their string um populated and this year they had bought some draft horses from tennessee from a a uh, horse dealer that they get most of their horses from and they bought i don't know seven or eight horses to come into their riding program these were mature broke horses um that would be ultimately worked into the dude string. And one of them was this beautiful Clydesdale mare named Joy. And unbeknownst to anyone along the way, she was pregnant. And they got her in March last year, and she foaled October 1st. So it was, um, shall we say, an unplanned pregnancy the ranch had no way of dealing with a baby. This baby was born three weeks before the fire started. So he was evacuated twice um, with the herd. They were, the mare and the baby were secluded uh, in corrals, of course, the, not just lumped in with the 200 horses. But after the uh, second evacuation, I realized that was an untenable management situation for the ranch. So I volunteered to come get the mare and the baby and let them winter here at my place. And so I'm looking out the window at him right now. He was four weeks old when he came here. He's not quite four months old now. He We just graduated him to a regular horse-sized halter yesterday. He Whoa. never wore a weanling halter. <laughs> he wore, wore a yearling halter when he was first born and and now he's into a regular horse size. So I imagine we'll be moving up to that draft size uh, by the time he's a yearling. But he's uh, he has just been so much fun. He, you know, he's in the pen right outside my window. And we have just had so much fun watching this baby grow up. And and uh, I I'm not have not worked closely with draft horses in my career. I've been around them, but I've certainly never... Um, you know, had them at my place or, or been around foals. So it's been a really fun project for me. And uh, I mostly work with mature riding horses, not little babies. And uh, I miss that. And, and so it's fun to have a baby around. But like, truly spoken, like a grandparent, I'm going to be glad to see them leave <laughs> <laughs> when they go back to their home at the Sea Lazy U Ranch. That is an awesome story. Well, I just wanted to hear the whole background on that. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. I think it's great. You always have good projects going on. So yeah. our topic today is New Year's resolutions, because here we are in January. So what is your philosophy on New Year's resolutions, Julie? 
Well, I'm not sure everyone knows this about me, Christy, but I actually have a pretty big philosophy on New Year's resolutions. I love them. I look forward to them. I make numerous ones. I keep most of them. You know, the good thing about making a lot of them is if you drop a few, you're still okay. Um, my philosophy is, is kind of in depth. I, I'm a, you know, to me, New Year's resolutions are simply goal setting, let's be honest, or at least that's what it is for me. And January 1st to me brings, um, a sort of freshening, a new start. It's a, it's a block of time, 12 months that we can put our fingers on and, and, and put, wrap our mind around and it's a good time to look forward and, and kind of think about um, who I want to be. And so I'm, I, um, I think there are ways to make New Year's resolutions very successful. Um, one of them is to make sure it's something I want. I want to do or I want to be or um, something that makes me happy or good or better. So... My philosophy is, you know, it's kind of like putting something on your to-do list you know you're going to do anyway and then scratching it off. It's like, So I always make sure my resolutions are really something I want to do, truly want to. And, and that is an achievable goal, you know, um, something that is within my grasp. I don't have to drastically change everything about my life in order to accomplish it, um, but something I could realistically do. Um, and so then... And then finally, I want to make sure that the, the goals or the resolutions that I set are fun and easy. So I, I'm not trying to sort of reinvent myself or make myself into somebody I'm not. I just want to, it's kind of how I've approached my business and approached really my life and even my recreation and my personal passions is I just want to be a little bit better. What's the next thing? You know, so I approach my my goal, my New Year's resolutions that way. And I always make numerous resolutions um, in, in different areas of my life. And so I always make a personal betterment resolution. And uh, to be honest, uh, well, let me back up and say, I, I mull over my resolutions for a long time. I, I have right now, I have a couple of resolutions that I've already set in my mind, but I have other ones I'm really mulling over because I want to choose the right one. And also, you know, all of the things I just mentioned, I want to make sure it's something I can commit to, to accomplishing. And I want to set a resolution that I don't accomplish. So, um, personal betterments one, I'm not sure where I'm going to go on that this year. Um, Better health is something, you know, I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. And I, you know, I've been blessed with excellent health my entire life. This is the sound of me knocking on wood. And, um, however, uh, last year, I'll give you an example of, of what I would do last year. I was way overdue for, going to the doctor. I don't have any illness. I don't take any medications and therefore it's really easy not to go to the doctor. And turned out I hadn't been for like seven years and that, you know, <laughs> they shred your files if you're not there for that long. Uh, I don't know if they really shred them, but they're in the deep, dark recesses of their office. And, you know, so 
I was past due for a mammogram, uh, and my sister had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, so I made my health resolutions to be to um, go to my doctor to make sure he didn't fire me as a patient, to get a mammogram, and to get the colonoscopy that I was past due on getting. And you know what? I did it all. It took me the entire year, I'll be honest. (laughs) Of course, COVID was... a a part of that. (laughs) And by the way, I picked a good year because telemedicine is the bomb. I, you know, I I would go to the doctor much more often (laughs) via telemedicine. Um, so anyway, I, I, I do, I do, I usually do a new year's resolution regarding, um, the environment. I try to be a better steward of the environment every year. Last year, my goal was to reduce the amount of uh, printing we did in the office. Um, And we did uh, by a lot. And that's great. It's, that's almost really more a frame of mind than an actual, you know, activity. But if you, so the environmental New Year's resolutions are great because it makes, you make a shift, you know, whether it's something like do better at recycling or, um, do some trash pickups. I did that for, for a resolution years ago and we still do it almost every day when we hike, uh, is trash pickups. So that kind of stuff, I usually make a professional one. Um, this year I've already decided what my professional new year's resolution is going to be. And that is to not be so reliant on email and text and to just pick up the phone and call somebody when you need to talk to them. And um, so that's my resolution to, to, to use the phone more and uh, texting less. And, um, you know, I even sometimes make a recreational. Uh, actually, let's be honest, I always make a recreational one because why not? I mean, you know, that's a great New Year's resolution. What do I want to do this year that I haven't done before that's really super fun? And um, not sure what I'm going to do this year. Last year, I thought I was going to do rollerblading, but I ended up doing paddleboarding. So uh, it's my resolution. I reserve the right to change it as I see fit. <laughs> so I accomplished paddleboarding. So this year, maybe I'll go back to rollerblading. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, I do a household one. I uh, cleaned out the pantries last year. One year I did uh, consume everything in the freezer um, for a New Year's resolution. So... Um, so yeah, so as you can see, my philosophy is quite in depth and so you picked the right person for this show. That is so funny because we did not plan that. This was just, uh, this happened. So there you go. That We didn't plan it it at all. And I knew that would kind of come as a surprise to you when you asked me. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. And, you know, I, I also, you know, think it's important to, uh, help people for us riding instructors and, and horse trainers, barn managers. I, I think it's important not only to set your own goals and, and uh, just one or two, you know, you know, you don't have to, like I said, remodel entire your entire existence, but one or two goals. And I think it's really important to help, to help your students set goals. And so New Year's is a great time, particularly for those of us that are in the winter climates, the cold climates, where less riding activities are going on in the winter, um, why not work on some goal setting and planning and, and um, 
you know, the students I work with are all, well, now that I haven't been doing so much traveling to clinics lately, I'm, the students I work with are mostly online students because I have an online training program and um, I do personalized coaching with my students online. So the goals I see them setting there have a lot to do with, um, well, obviously confidence is always a huge one, maybe the number one. I want, I'm working to improve my confidence this year. Um, sometimes that has a specific manifestation, like I want to be comfortable cantering or I want to be comfortable, um, you know, riding my horse out by, by away from the barn by himself. Or, um, But for a lot of my online students, I've noticed that their number one goal is just to ride more. And I always encourage that goal, of course, but I encourage them to make it a reasonable goal. If you're, you know, riding two days a week now and you think that's not enough, just make your goal be three days a week, not seven. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think that's important for us as riding instructors to help our students create their goals as well. I agree. And I think that um, New Year's resolutions is great for us to be able to have for our horses and our barn and our staff and what have you and ourselves, but then also being able to impart that if we are instructors to our clients um, is also a super idea. So what are some of the kinds of resolutions that you think our listeners might think about in regards to their barn management and their overall horse management that might come into play? Well, first of all, let me say that I think us riding instructors and horse trainers are probably far better at helping our students set those goals and resolutions than we are doing them ourselves. I and would agree. so I do think that just like we, you know, teach our students to never blame the horse and to always know that there's probably something you could have done better as a rider or as a handler of that horse. Um it's the same thing for us personally, um, not only in personal development, more of the things I was just talking about for myself, but in professional development as well. You know, it's the day you reach status quo, uh, just sit back on your laurels and stop trying to improve is, is the day you start going out of business and become obsolete. So there's always a lot there. Um, but again, I think... I think, you know, just taking it in small chunks. I've I've been in business for myself now for over 30 years. And I've come a long way from being a one-woman training, boarding, trail ride operation to what I do today. Uh, but it's been by taking very small steps every year. I, I've never planned my business for grandiose accomplishments. I've always just tried to grow a little bit in certain areas that I wanted to grow in every year. Um, so I was thinking through, okay, you know, wh what about barn management? That's, that's, that's something we all do that everyone involved with actually having live horses in some ways involved in barn management and all the way up to the highest levels in our industry, people running these elite operations. Um, so I, I just had to think about myself and, and my operation. I've already set a, a new year's resolution there and we're well into it. 
And that was to clean out our blanket storage area, which, you know, by the way, what comes with heavy winter and high altitude is a lot of horse blankets. <laughs> and, you know, our horses have each have three or four blankets to get them through the year, different weight shapes and sizes. And um, so, and over the years, that 30 years of being a business, you accumulate a lot of ratty blankets. So we're cleaning them out, discarding the, the hopeless ones, washing them, isolating the ones for repair and what repairs they need, and then organizing and storing the rest of them. So I think, uh, you know, there's so much to think about in barn management, but just just finding one corner or area of your operation is a really good place to start. You don't have to um, eat the whole elephant, as we say. Just just start with one little corner. So so that's my corner. Um, and I was thinking about horse trainers. And, you know, for a lot of us, my definitely for myself, we wear all of these hats. I am the barn manager, the instructor, and the trainer, and the owner, and you know, the rider. And so, um, but for, for many of us, it's, it's the, the one and the main thing we do, like, you know, you can be a horse trainer and that's really all you do. You train clients as you need to, but you primarily train horses. And I was thinking about my, all my horse trainer friends, what we all have in common. And you might recognize this in one of the, uh, personal resolutions I spoke of earlier, but I think a good New Year's resolutions for most horse trainers would be to think about staying in better communication with their clients. Um, Communication, you know, us horse trainers are really good at communicating with horses, but not always very good at communicating professionally. And um, I'm not sure all horse owners know how much everybody else makes fun of them for that. You know, we laugh about, oh, yeah, but he's a horse trainer. He'll never call you back. Um, So I think communication and and Christy, I know you'll remember when I was heavily involved with new program development with CHA and we were working on the site accreditation program. We surveyed, I personally sent out a survey to over 200 large horse operations in the US and Canada, and we had an incredible return rate on the survey. And it, and one of the questions was, what do you think is the number one most important skill in a barn, management, barn manager? And something like 80% of the surveys came back with one word, communication. There you go. Do you remember that? Yes. So we made that, in fact, a very central part of our site accreditation program. So anyway, that's a lofty goal, and it can start small by just saying I'm going to, you know, make sure I return messages or check my messages when I come in for lunch or something, you know. So um, for us riding instructors, I wanted to put in a little plug for an article that I wrote um, for the CHA magazine that'll be coming out uh, this spring. And it's a lengthy article that Jennifer Paulson, our new editor helped, um, thankfully helped me uh, edit it up and get it really put together nicely, I think. Um, But I think it contains a really great New Year's resolution for riding instructors because 
It is an article about helping frustrated students learn better and how we um, resolve frustration in the rider. And, um, but in particular, there's a whole section of the article about meta-learning. And meta-learning, uh, for those of you, if you can't wait for the article, just Google meta-learning, M-E-T-A, learning. And it, it just, meta-learning means learning about learning. And I think that for us riding instructors, we spend a lot of time perfecting our skills on the horse and riding and, and developing riders. And we could probably pay a little bit more attention to the actual science of learning because teaching riding is no different than teaching school or teaching history or teaching, um, you know, mechanics or whatever. So, um, so, so put that on your New Year's resolution list to, to get the CHA magazine and read that article and to, to learn more about learning, how your students learn. So um, those, are the, those were the main uh, thoughts that came to mind. Of course, I can't set New Year's resolutions for you. Only you can do that. Um, but I think we can, um, if you're not in the habit of, of goal setting and New Year's resolutions, you know, start small. Just pick something you know you're going to do anyway. And um, it's fun. Achievement is fun. And if it's a goal that makes you a little bit better, um, whether that's weight loss or get in better shape or any of those things, um, do it. Just start small. And, and if you do it right and it's fun and you achieve, then next year you're going to do a little bit more. And then for, you know, by the time you get to be my age, you're doing like 10, 12 resolutions a year. So, so that's my take on it. Julie, I'm so happy we had you on the show today for this topic. Those are all such good ideas. And for those that don't know exactly where to find you, where where's the best place? What's your website again? And how about some social media platforms? Sure. Well, you can find uh, my website is juliegoodnight.com and, and pretty much everything uh, you'd want to know is there. Uh, we are very active on our Facebook page, which is Julie Goodnight Horsemanship. And it's, um, it's fun. You'll, you'll meet the Clydesdale family there. And we, we do a lot of posting on a daily basis about uh, life here on the farm and, and what I'm up to. And, um, of course, Insta, Twitter, all the others at Julie Goodnight. Um, you can find us there as well. And, uh, yeah, we encourage everybody, to, if, you're, if you're stuck and static, status quo and you're riding and, or you're teaching and you want to develop yourself there, uh, check out my online training programs at juliegoodnight.com. And for everyone that's listening, Wednesday, the 17th of February, Julie's going to be on at noon Eastern for our CHA member chat. And it is live for CHA members. And then we do record it. And for members and non-members, it's available on our website after the fact. So we're very excited to have her on for that as well. So thank you, Julie, for being on today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me and Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Fascinating. See, I'm motivated. That was very motivating. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Cool. And speaking of motivating, we're going to move right along and get a hold of our next guest, Rochelle Pack. I may be butchering that name. We'll see. 
We are so excited to have Rochelle Pack on next. She is an attorney at Appleby Healy Attorneys at Law in Ozark, Missouri. She grew up showing reining horses and charlets and red Angus cattle. She has a passion for agriculture and desires to build her legal practice around helping others that are involved in the ag industry. So good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. We're so excited to have you on today. Tell us how everything is today in the Ozarks. How's it going weather-wise? You know, the weather's not too bad. It's a little chilly, but no snow, so you can't really complain. That is good. So tell me a little bit more about your showing of horses and your showing of cattle. Okay. So I I grew up, I started showing cattle, and I, I always seem to get the crazy one. So my, my sister also showed, she would get the nice, calm one, and then I would always get the one that would run away, drag me down, run away. So I quickly learned that, hey, showing cattle is not my thing. So I made a deal with her that she would, you know, she would get them ready. I'd show up, walk them through the arena, and then I'd leave. Um, so I didn't really get the full showing experience until I started riding horses. So I started riding when I was about 15. Um, and I just, I fell in love with Rainers and have been loving it since. So are you still showing Rainers? I, I like to say that I do. I took some time off whenever I was in law school. That was a craziness in and of itself. Um, but now that I'm practicing, I feel like I have a little bit more spare time. So I have been getting to ride a little bit here and there. Very good. Well, we're so excited to have you on. We just had Julie Goodnight on talking about New Year's resolutions from kind of a trainer, instructor, barn manager perspective. So now going ahead and jumping in with you from a legal perspective, I think is so important because people don't understand, even if they don't own their barn or teach riding lessons or train horses, you still have some legality when your horse accidentally gets loose and runs into the road um, and could possibly hurt people if they get hit by a car, let alone themselves. So there's kind of legal issues regardless, you know, just in owning horses. So I'm very excited to chat with you today about your New Year's resolutions. And I know that you've given us quite a few here. So let's just jump right in. And uh, we'll start off with your first one. You had put down information about liability waivers. So tell us more about that and what you think that resolution should look like. Absolutely. So I feel like I kind of have to give like the lawyer intro of how, you know, like the information that I'm providing is for general informational purposes only, and I'm not providing specific legal advice. Um, so I just want everybody who is listening to make sure if you have any questions, concerns, or anything like legal, legal related to your, like your practice, make sure you contact an attorney who's like in your jurisdiction, who's very familiar with all of their like any jurisdictional laws and things like that. So I just want to put that plug out there first. Um, but liability waivers, I know I am like super guilty of those like terms and conditions, right? They're pages and pages and pages long. So you just sign your name, right? Like I have to sign it in order to do it. I think it is so important that both parties, the one who is asking that the liability be waived and the party that is waiving the liability knows exactly what it says. So make sure that you know what's in them. Make sure that everybody who's signing them reads them and um, have everybody in your bond sign one. I also think it's really important um, to mention that if you're just like 
an individual, you're not a business, but you are providing any sort of equine activity, have a liability waiver. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm just an individual, just giving like this one person riding lessons, nothing's ever going to happen. And that's when something always happens. So make sure you have that liability waiver. Great idea. And I love your number two, because you know what I just did? I just cleaned my tack room out. So I've already done a New Year's resolution. Yay me. And um, I found really unique things in there that I had forgot I had where pads had fallen down and, you know, stuff was hidden under. And then um, I was giving it away to riding students that I know have horses. And I and they're like, what, you don't want me to buy this? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is stuff that doesn't fit in my program anymore. I don't use it. It's called pay it forward and here you go. And it felt so good. So your number two is all about inspecting the tack and the equipment. Let's jump right into that one now. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm based in Missouri. So a lot of um, my research is like Missouri law, but this I'm sure applies everywhere is if you knew or should have known that the tack or equipment was faulty, you can be held liable. So that should have known is so key. Like when's the last time you went through your tack room and inspected everything? Um, I know some barns, everything's outside. So you get rodents and all of those fancy little creatures that come in. Have they, chew, have they like chewed through something that you just don't know about? So I think it is super important to put together a schedule, whether it be every month that you just do a quick check and make sure that everything's in working order. Just make sure that you are doing what you can to ensure that all of your tech and equipment is in the safest working condition for everybody involved. And then the next one, those good old posted warning signs. What is your resolution here? So I think I know that I have been guilty of just posting a sign and being like, oh, my duty is done. I've got that sign posted. It's good to go. Um, but you have to maintain them. So I, some barns are outside, you know, they're just secured to the side of the corral and there you go. So you, I would just make sure that they're not rusted out, make sure that they haven't fallen down. Um, things like that, just make sure that they are close to where the activity is taking place. Um, you know, it is, just posting on your front gate as you pull onto your property close enough? Probably not. Like it probably needs to be really close. So just make sure you have all of those signs posted. The people can read them. They're clearly visible. Um, the text is readable and all of that to make sure that your signs are nice warning signs to everybody who is partaking in the activities. So how about for your next resolution? Do you have anything in regards to a student's ability, a horse's ability? How, how do you do all that in regards to lessons? Is there a resolution there? Yeah. So I feel like as an instructor, it's, um, you have to do a good job of making a, like a legal standard would be a reasonable and prudent effort to assess the participant's ability. So have a conversation, kind of visual observation, you know, like, are they a young student who hasn't ridden very much? You're obviously not going to put them on, you know, like your bucking bronc, right? Like you visual observations, talk to them about their experience because ultimately, you know, they may oversell their ability. Um, but as an instructor, you kind of have an intuition. Okay. I know that this customer would be a good fit for this horse. So I think you just have to be very 
vigilant and talking to your students and knowing what their ability is before you just pair them up with a horse. I agree so much. I think horse rider combo is one of the hardest things we do as a riding instructor. I remember working in a big barn program once and we had, I mean, a lot of horses, 60, 70 head of horses that we could choose from and having to decide, oh my goodness, I know I have my steady eddies, but I've never even met this person before that I'm going to put on this horse. I wonder which one's going to be the best. So yes, having some sort of a assessment ride is such a good idea. So thank you for that one. Yes, and the other is don't be afraid to make a change, right? Like if it's yes. not a good fit, that doesn't mean you made a bad choice. It's just not a good fit. So make sure that you are willing to be flexible with what horse you pair them up with. That is so good. So how about resolutions around the property as a whole? I think it is always just a good practice. You know, when you put that schedule task of checking your equipment and tack. Give your property a quick look over and see if there's anything that could potentially be dangerous that wouldn't be visible to your students. You know, obviously, if you're out riding in the field, there's going to be conditions, you know, like there's holes that you're obviously not going to be able to post a sign on every single hole. That's just impossible. But if there's a loose rung on like the, the ladder or whatever that you have or the cross tie, one of them is it on visual inspection, it looks fine, but you know, like, hey, that's actually not good enough. Post a sign up there and make sure that your property is in the best working condition for your students. That's very good. And then how about in regards to those that board horses? Um, do you have anything in regards for resolutions for them? I think getting written boarding agreements is the best practice. I know some people, you know, they just, hey, we'll keep your horse. Don't worry about it. But even if it's not in writing, you are creating a legal relationship between the owner of the horse and the person who's boarding the horse. And so I think it is just very important to get everything in writing and try to make those boarding agreements as thorough as possible. Come, you know, like, Um, emergencies. Are you going to have to wait to contact the owner in order to get a vet to come out? Are you going to have authority to just have the vet come out and then alert the owner? You want to try to make sure that every situation that could pop up is covered for in that agreement. And do you think people should have agreements for other things, like if they lease a horse, things like that too? Absolutely. I think um, leasing is it's kind of complex in and of itself. Who is going to be liable? Is it the person, like if something happens to the horse, is it the owner that's going to be liable? Is it going to be the person who's leasing? What happens if that horse gets out? Who is the, you know, the party that is liable? So I think lease agreements are extremely important. Very good. So where can our listeners find you? What website would work? What social media platform? I believe the only way that they could get a hold of me would be um, on applebeehealy.com. Um, if you just Google Appleby Healy um, Ozark, will pop right up, um, and that would probably be the best way to get a hold of me. Very good. So I just so appreciate you being on and giving us some resolutions from a legal perspective. I think in the horse industry, we tend to go, yeah, it's all right. It's all going to be fine. And we don't realize that it's all fine until it isn't fine. Yeah, exactly. It's all fine until it's really not fine. (laughs) 
thank you so much for guiding us along this journey in our January month here and giving us some great resolutions. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye, Rochelle. Bye. Cool. Some really good ideas there. Um, and a lot of them are so easy to implement. Yes. And some that people don't think about, right? I mean, they're just like, oh, yeah, I guess I go should go check my signs and see if they're even readable anymore. And, you since know, they've been I come out across there. a lot of those because yeah. here in Florida, we have that um, you have to have the liability sign and every state's different. Right. Um, so everybody has the liability signs. And you, so many places you go, it's been there for six years and completely illegible. I don't know if it Correct. counts when it's, it's all- illegible. I don't even know, like, you know, all the rust has gotten over it. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, you're like, oh, people, come on. You could go replace that pretty easily. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Just these little things that just spruce stuff up. Yep, it it looks better, and it's going to cover your butt better, which is why it's there, if it's legible and in the right place. Because each state has different specifics about where it's supposed to be, too, I'm sure. That is correct. Every yeah. state is different. And there's still two states in the union that don't require signage at all um, from the standpoint of you don't have to have a, because they don't have a release there. They don't have a liability mm-hmm. release like all the other states do. And that's Massachusetts and California. They're still holding out. Interesting. I did not know that. Yes. 48 have them and those two do not. Those so two do not. Well, there we there go. There you go. There we yes. go. Well, for, I think we've kind of fresh run out of time today, but great. I mean, this has been a chock-o-block episode. We really had a lot of stuff today. Very fun show. And I just want everyone to know that this is an interesting day for me. It was the first day of school for my kids. They're literally going in the class today. They're actually going in the high school. How many, my how many months has it been since go they've been in school? Since March. Wow. And my freshman still felt he was in eighth grade until this morning and he woke up with a nervous jitter. Aww. It was cute. <laughs> Very cute. But in January, you know, really random. And then I am going to be going to a CHA equine facility manager certification tonight. I fly and we start tomorrow morning in Oklahoma at a place called Stormwalker certifying all of their staff to be equine facility managers. So check out our website if you want to get certified um, or if you want to even audit one in your area. We are definitely getting them put up on the website by March. They should all be up and you know, in a normal year, we do about 80. Uh, last year, we did 20. This year, we're hoping for 40, 60, something like that. But little by little, we're definitely doing them again. And it's always a small group. We we never have more than 10 people. And we're outside with the horses. So it is a great thing to come and do and educate yourself. There we go. And find out all of that and more at CHA.horse. Yes. There we go. And you can find links to today's show at horsesinthemorning.com. If you haven't done so already, follow us on social the Facebook page is Horses in the Morning. And on Twitter, our handle is Horse Radio. And of course, you've already downloaded the app for your iPhone or your Android, we can tell. But for friends of yours who haven't, and they're maybe not so tech savvy, gently and quietly take their phone, go to their app store and download it and show them how to use it. And they will thank you later. <laughs> there you go. You can also listen to the shows on your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Spotify, etc. You never have to miss miss an episode. And thank you very much to Christy Landwehr, the Certified Horsemanship Association, and Draw It Out Veterinary Strength Liniment for making today's show happen. Thank you, Jen. It was really fun to do the show with you today. It has been. And in honor of riding your horse more as being a great New Year's resolution, we're going to play it out with a little bit of Jared Robertson.
city smoke in the air You can't see it from anywhere There's a million people driving around Going nowhere Buildings grew all around me But I still got a painted pony Gonna give her a job Cause she's fat and bored I'm gonna ride my horse more Well, I love to drive my truck The open road feels pretty good But just because you can Doesn't mean that you always should And I can hardly breathe Man, this is killing me I'm gonna ride my horse more Mother Nature She's been beat up I'd say she's been abused Now even the ocean's black and blue Gasoline just turns to haze And my wallet's on empty anyways Holding the reins is something I can afford so I'm gonna ride my horse more Well, I love to drive my truck The open road feels pretty good But just because you can Doesn't mean that you always should And I can hardly breathe Man, this is killing me I'm gonna ride Got an answer for the problems of today Well, you can find your own solution As for me, I found my way Cause I can hardly breathe Man, this is killing me I'm gonna ride my horse more Let's ride 